If you want to ride better, more better today. Better check out more better with Tracy and Faye. Better check out more better with Tracy and Faye. Go. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Faye. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to this episode of More Better with Tracy and Faye. The other day I heard Jimmy Buffett's song playing on the radio, Changes in Attitude, Changes in Latitude. And I think when it comes to change, um, Jimmy might have just nailed it. He said, it's those changes in attitude, changes in latitude. Nothing remains quite the same. With all of our running and all of our cunning, if we couldn't laugh, <laughs> we would all go insane. Ha. Well, that last line is definitely spot on. Yeah. You and I have laughed through more than a few change programs over the years, I'd say. Laughed, cried, whatever the moment called for. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there are ways to reduce that sort of like anxiety, um, fear, worry when, when change is about to happen. Because let's face it, like change is hard um, when something's different. You know, our brains automatically want to protect ourselves, right? They want to, which is why when you, when you implement, when you're implementing a change program, you'll see behaviors like, and you'll hear stuff like, this isn't going to work. I don't want to do this. It's the old, the old way is better. And that's okay. That's us as humans reacting to something different. If you work in a large organization, you've likely lived through at least a few big change projects like, you know, automating a process, introducing a new system, or moving people into different roles and job titles, or even part of being part of a merger and acquisition. And if you are a people leader, you might have even been given scripts and schedules and key messages to help you with your teams through the process of change. Yep. And these are all great tools for making any change initiative less likely to end in chaos. Though laughing, and even maybe crying in a corner about it helps a lot. Yeah, that's totally true. Because change is unsettling. You know, even when I recognize it's for the better, any change that comes as a surprise to me takes time. It takes time for me to absorb it, to understand it, um, and hopefully eventually, you know, endorse it. Um, and some people, and I'm thinking organization-wide, wise, you know, they do have change experts who help them out, right? Yeah, for sure. All organizations, regardless of size, they go through the they go through change. But unless you're a large organization, um, you probably don't have change management expertise in-house and the corresponding change communications expertise available to you. So in this episode of More Better with Tracy and Faye, Tracy and I will share our perspectives, tools, and tips for communicating change. As always, they're easily understood and easy to implement, regardless of the size of your organization or your experience leading through change. Yeah. And before we dive in, I want to make a distinction between change management and change communication. Change management is widely known. And, and it is, it's that umbrella term that addresses all elements of change, from people to process and anything else in between. The communication plan, which is what we're talking about today, supports all of those elements. And, and it could be quite a simple communication plan if it's a really simple change. Maybe it needs literally 
one email or one meeting. But in other cases, if it's an extensive change impacting a lot of different areas over a long period of time, a pretty extensive communication plan, change communication plan will be needed. But, you know, here you are, you're leading a team or a company, changes are coming, folks. Uh, maybe you're overhauling one of your main processes. Maybe your company's being bought. Maybe you're the one buying. Maybe your company has grown so much, you need to reorganize roles and reporting lines so you're better structured to handle the growth. Or maybe you have to lay people off and shrink. Any of these scenarios will cause major upheaval to the people who are working there. So you've got to talk about the changes and keep people engaged and focused now on both their day jobs and what other change is coming. So what do you do? Faith? Well, <laughs> I, sorry. Over you. You for the problem solving. <laughs> well, first we have to define what success looks like. As we've said before, every communication plan, every email, every text has to have a goal. So when it comes to change, one overarching goal is to have everyone impacted by the change in any form return to full effectiveness, or a company might call it full productivity, as quickly as possible. Reasonable goal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it is. No. <laughs> no, it is. But like, you know, a, a return to full effectiveness won't happen quickly or at all if people don't feel informed, if they don't feel that their questions or concerns are being taken seriously, if they haven't had a chance to talk with colleagues about the change changes out of fear or if they haven't been given a chance to have a voice um, in the changes being made. I mean, essentially, as humans, we need to all feel seen and heard, especially yeah. when it comes to something different that affects me personally. So today's episode is about being proactive and how yeah. we communicate with people about change and helping them and the company cross that chasm to full effectiveness and productivity as soon as possible. Yeah. We're going to talk about four underlying principles that Tracy and I believe in when it comes to communicating change. We've organized this podcast around these four principles because if you apply them, they will help you decide what, when, and how to communicate about a change that is coming or while it's happening. These four principles are treat grown-ups like adults, ask, don't assume, recognize people's positions and opinions will change over time, communicate fully and frequently. Tracy? Take it away. All right. Thank you. First principle, treat grownups like adults. And what we mean by this is don't withhold information or opportunities for input out of fear that people will quit en masse or their productivity will plummet or they won't understand. You know, Faye mentioned something earlier about fear being um, a reason that people will be hesitant to to adapt to change. But fear also happens on the other side. Fear happens on the side of the organization that is implementing the change or the person who is who's doing this change. So we, we have this, this environment of fear. But one of the ways to get over that is to start treating people like adults. You know, we hire adults to work and we trust them to do their work, to, to apply their logic, understanding, to support what's going on. And then... These same people who hire these adults and trust them to do their job, these same leaders will, will suddenly say, no, we can't tell everybody anything. So we are going to treat them like children 
because we think that they will react badly to whether this changes. And now I'm not going to say that all people will, will react well to news of unexpected change, but the vast majority do. And so to make decisions based on the few people who might have a super bad reaction rather than the majority who will, you know, maturely take in the information, assess it, you know, come to understanding about it, then, um, we are doing ourselves a disservice. We are working against our own best interests. And, you know, and as adults, we want, expect, and we deserve to be as fully informed as possible about things that affect our jobs. Because often what I do for a living defines me. And it's also my livelihood. So any change is always personal. But there's another side to this coin. Those of us adults who are receiving this information, we have to respond in a mature manner. We we are not doing ourselves any good if I think I'm super great at my job, everybody respects me, then I hear about some change that's going to affect me or my team or something I'm uncomfortable with. And I go, no, I refuse. <laughs> you know? That is not behaving like an adult on the other side. So it's a two-sided coin, but I, Faye and I are, I'm speaking for you, but I know it's true. <laughs> We're very much committed to you treat grownups like adults. And now that, that's the basis for how you engage in times of change. Um, second principle says, ask, don't assume. So for yeah. change communications to be effective, we need people, we need to ask people what they think, how they yeah. feel, what they mm -hmm. want to do about the changes. So, uh, you know, not just saying here's what's happening. So I've worked with people in the past who assume they know how others will react to an announcement yeah. of change. You know, it's great news, but I don't, you know, I don't see why everyone will be celebrating the changes to come. This is fantastic. I don't understand why people are resisting. Easy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> or, or everyone's going to hate this. So let's hold off saying anything until the last possible moment. Please don't do that. Please, don't do please that. don't Sorry. do that. So the thing is, we never really know how people will react until we ask them. And a big part of any change communications plan needs to allow for feedback and dialogue. Yeah. You know, communications is not just you know, pronouncements and announcements. In, especially <laughs> in times of change, right? Yeah. It's a it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That's two way, multi way, depending on those channels. Yeah. So you know, it could be a, a team meeting. It could be a one on one. It could be both. It could be yeah. an anonymous feedback mechanism if that's what it's called for. Mm -hmm. um, the change leaders that I've worked with, I mean, we. We sometimes do a change readiness assessment, which is a tool to get that temperature check on how your population feels about upcoming changes. You know, re regardless of what tool you use, the key is to ask, to listen, and be prepared to respond. Years ago, um, I worked on a project where they decided to move call, op call center operations from one country to another, right? Yeah. So this meant hundreds of jobs would be, you know, impacted within a year and moved to another country. Um, mm -hmm. So leaders came to us and asked, and asked, what should we communicate? Because we have, because those <laughs> people, because people from other countries, um, from those countries, right? They're going to arrive in a couple of weeks on site. And I realized Holy moly, they hadn't told, they hadn't told their staff anything about the change. And these leaders, like, I, you know, and I'm not, 
I am not here to diss those leaders, right? They were scared. They were scared yeah. that fear. People were, yeah, right? of course. Fear. Right? And, yeah. and that's okay. It's a natural response. But what were they really scared of? They were scared that people were going to leave. They were scared they wouldn't have enough people to train the new people coming in. And my advice was, I, I feel like it was fairly simple. It was like, tell them. Just <laughs> tell, tell them, them what's happening. Their livelihoods exactly. <laughs> Before. are going to be impacted some way, yeah, it's, shape, it's or form. A, exactly. Yeah. And yes, some people might be mad. Mm-hmm. Some might leave, but most will understand. They'll appreciate you telling them far in advance. Yeah. And certainly before someone shows up and says, <laughs> hi. Hi, hi, Tracy, I, I mean, can you tell me, can you can train I, me on how to do your job? That would be I feel great. like go away (laughs) (laughs) so don't don't ask me that you need to know could you imagine being unprepared you just get an email on monday morning that says hey team bt dub um there's six people coming over here from overseas you're going to train them how to do your job don't worry about why (laughs) (laughs) right no so we worked with the leaders on scripts um we coached them on what to say plainly and simply and with empathy right and we also created a plan so that call center on both on both sides of the country knew what was going on at pretty much the same time because we wanted to beat that rumor mill now those leaders oh they breathed such a sigh of relief when they actually did it and when and and when most staff decided to stay and you know, I remember hearing stories from those leaders saying that their staff would come in their office and they so appreciated the heads up and they were mm-hmm. then part of that transition. All right. Yeah. We're going to move on to the third principle, which is to recognize that people's positions and opinions will change over time. So if we consider responses to change on a spectrum at one end, we've got the people, they are actively disengaged. They're angry. They're frustrated. They might even be trying to sabotage what's happening. But at the other end, you've got the people who are so excited about the change, they actually become champions and they champion the change with their colleagues. But most people fall somewhere in the middle. And the thing to remember is they don't normally stay there. So over time, you know, my goal in any change management um, project is to find out where people are at. Like Faye called it a change readiness position or assessment. Find out where people are at. And then we want to move them towards this end of the spectrum. So you're not likely to have someone who starts out actively disengaged turn into a change champion. It's happened, but it's not likely. Yeah. But but most of all, mostly I want those people who are hesitant or angry. I want to move them into that place of, okay, at least now I understand what's happening. I understand why it's happening. I understand the impact on me. But to get to that point, we need to, as Faye said earlier, we need to meet people where they're at and then bring them along because it is a waste of time to talk about the future benefits, some amazing pot of gold you're going to find at the end of the change rainbow with someone who is just actively disengaged with the process. You know, we've, we have to move them out of that space. And to do that takes active listening it takes empathy and it takes a willingness on the part of me, the the change leader to consider their opinions. Now the super fun part is communicating with people who are super excited because then, you know, you can talk about this is going to happen this and there's this opportunity and that opportunity and we can all do this and it's all going to be happy land. 
Um, but we need to be prepared for all of it because people are all going to start at different places and they're going to have different needs moving along. And can I tell a quick story? Of course. Okay. So uh, I was involved in a change program at an organization and it was a, there was a small team that was going to be massively impacted because it was a technology change. The platform that they worked on was changing. And one of the members of that team, we're going to call him Jim. Hi, Jim. Jim. Jim was very unhappy. <laughs> oh, boo. Right? Oh, Jim. Because Jim had been there a long time. He was a leader on that group. He knew that the current platform really well. So he was the center of knowledge for this, this particular function. And he was, well, he was probably afraid. But at the time, I just went, oh, shit, Jim's angry. And so, you know, <laughs> don't thought, make Jim angry. Don't make Jim angry because he can sabotage everything. Oh. So, you know, I talked to Jim's manager and, you know, we had, it was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do by Jim? And I said, well, you got to talk to him. You got to talk to him and you got to find out what's, what's on his mind. What is he afraid of? What is he concerned with? Why does, why is he so angry about this? Because the manager and I didn't think Jim should be angry at all. We thought it would be a great opportunity, but that's not how Jim saw it. So the manager had the meeting. They did not invite me. Imagine that. <laughs> um, but what came out of that was Jim finally understood. Number one, he needed to know he could get trained on the platform. He was a bit afraid to, you know, am I going to be able to learn this thing yeah. to be efficient? So, so that came out, that got addressed and a few other things that got addressed between the manager and Jim. And at the end of that, Jim, he didn't become a change champion, but he was no longer a drag on it happening. He was no longer bad mouthing it to his colleagues. And, you know, he took, I think he took a bit of a wait and see approach, but it allowed the rest of the thing to the thing, the rest of the project to evolve a lot more smoothly. So no. again, people's opinions will change over time. The fourth principle is to communicate fully and frequently. Successful change needs lots of communication and lots of involvement from people who are impacted. It's kind of like marketing, right? Like mm -hmm. just when you're sick of saying the, the thing, <laughs> promoting the thing, your yeah. audience is just starting to understand what the thing yeah. is. So sense. even if it feels like too much, don't hesitate to communicate. But but mind you, do it planfully and mindfully. And we'll get to that in a minute. It's far better um, that people feel over-informed than under-informed. So we can arrange the kinds of communication people need into three categories. Mm. Informational, personal, yeah. and operational. So informational communications answers the basics about the change. Yeah. Questions like, what's happening? When will it happen? Why is it happening? What differences will it make? Right? We all have those sort of really basic questions. So we want to answer those right away. Personal communications answers questions, answers how people may be impacted. So you might hear questions like, how will this impact me personally? What's in it for me? Will I win or lose? Will I look good? And operational communications answers questions related to implementation. How will this actually be implemented? What if we don't meet the milestones? Where do I get help? How does this change impact our stakeholders? You know, am I going to lose my job? Yeah. You know, no, that's the I big mean, question, right? In any change, typically it comes down to, am I going to lose my job or am I going to have to lay someone off? Those to me are the big, you know, is it my livelihood or someone else who I care about their livelihood and their job? 
Yeah, and that's what we have to remember, right? Again, it, yeah. it's about like we talked about before, meeting people where they're at, understanding where are people coming from, like why does why is this information not landing the way I I thought yeah. it was? You know, why is it? I think it's so great, and how come someone's saying, "Oh, I'm scared, yeah. I'm worried, I'm I'm fearful," right? Right, and it's because it's always personal. It's always personal. It's always it doesn't matter if the reasons are economic. The impact is personal. I think that's one of our like if I could if I could add like a a sub principle mm-hmm. that would be, or a fifth. Yeah. One anyway. It's always, it's always personal. It's always personal and that's okay. All right. Time to recap. The four principles of communicating change are number one, treat adults like grownups. Number two, ask, don't tell communications needs dialogue. Recognize people's positions will change over time Four, communicate fully and frequently. And as an add on number five, it's always personal. Bonus Faye, principle. Bonus. Yes, right. For <laughs> listening principle. today, that's our bonus principle. <laughs> so Faye, as our change comms guru, last word to you. So much pressure. Okay. So what I will say is obvious. And that and that's change is hard and humans are tricky. So whether, again, it's a new system that everybody has to use or you're asking people to change how they work, it's hard. So when you're planning how to engage and communicate with people through times of change, lead with empathy and kindness. We can't control how people will react to change, but we can certainly control how we can help them through the process. And when we treat people as humans and meet them where they're at, They'll appreciate we're all going together. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, my friend. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at More Better WTF, on YouTube at More Better WTF. You can also <laughs> now find us on Spotify at More Better with Tracy and Faye. Yes, we're getting there. And always, we'd love to hear from you, comments about today's episode or anything else that you have to say. Send us a message, comment. Thank you for joining us today. And with that, I am Tracy. And I'm Faye. Join us next time for another episode of More Better with Tracy and Faye. If you want to ride better, more better today. Better check out More Better with Tracy and Faye. Better check out More Better with Tracy and Faye. Uh.